Hello and welcome to Life on Point, a production of Connection Point Church here in Jackson, Missouri. You can watch us here on YouTube, of course, or you can find us on your favorite podcast provider. Today, I have with me... Pastor Chris, and glad I'm, to be back with you. He's glad to be back here with you. Yeah. And I am Darren Deloach, one of the pastors here at Connection Point Church. And today, we're going to talk about a little less of a... If you've been with us over the last few weeks or if you're watching these and or listening to these in succession, we've been hitting some pretty tough subject matter from giving to fasting, fasting yeah. things people really love. So <laughs> I'm assuming these this will be a little less painful, yeah, yeah. maybe, but it's not that much easier either. It's really not because it gets so confused yep. oh. in so many religious circles. And uh, if we could just get some clarity from Scripture on the topic for today, Man, it would improve all of our walks with Christ and our witness to the world for Jesus. So I think it's a, it may not, I don't know how much easier it is, but it's going to be very, very vital to our testimony as believers. Yeah, because it doesn't just go into one aspect of our no. walk. It goes into your very being, the fiber of mm -hmm. what you are as a Christian. And what the subject is, fruit of the Spirit. That's right. Um, it's interesting that most people call them the fruits of the Spirit, but I think within yeah, the Bible, plural. Yeah, it's right. always singular. It's always the right. fruit of the Spirit, which is interesting. Right. But, and so it, what it does is it's not so much emphasis on the individual characteristics yeah as much as it is the overarching idea that this is how the believers should be living when they are truly yielded to the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit is in control, yep. this is the benefit. This is how we're going to live our lives, right? Instead of, oh, well, do I have this fruit versus this fruit? And it's like, no, 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 no. Let the Holy Spirit have control, and guess what? This yep. becomes... The way you which, will respond. The great irony him. about that, which is kind of what we're going to talk about today, uh, is the fact where in Scripture, where in the Bible, this verse comes from, where sure. the, those come from, is out of Galatian. Now, what you just said is very true. We want a checklist. Right, we do. We are very legalistic. I mean, that is our nature as humans, I think. It's real easy for us to trust a list, all right? It's very tough to trust something that we really can't tangibly see. Yeah. We had to put our faith into something, right, versus doing something. And the great irony about this is what? This is out of Galatians 5. Right. Paul just spent the last four chapters explaining why they're free <laughs> right. from the law. Why they're free from the but law. But yet we want to take those those trademarks of or that fruit and, like you said, earn our spot. Like, I am going to forcibly be Good. Good. Which kind. You can't, gentle. You can't forcibly yeah. be those things. Right. But anyhow, so exactly. Yeah. And, and two, you got to think about how we are, at least in the American church. And yeah. I know we have folks who watch us literally from all over the world. And so it's not the same in every country. No. But here in America, we are trained through our education system to think in forms of list, yep. systematic teaching, analytical yep. data. And so we feel good. Yes. We feel like we are processing we are progressing when we can check off the list right that is not how the bible no. was written the jewish mindset <laughs> no. thinks or learns rather from imagery versus you know a logical sequence yeah. right and so when paul is saying to these coming to faith in christ out of judaism and he's saying Hey, we are. I want you to get away from the the law. You're not bound to the law. Right. I want you to be led by the Holy Spirit. I want you to be filled. And we get totally off track on that, right? Yep. What it means <laughs> to be filled continually by the Holy Spirit. And if we are, 
He's painting a picture. He's giving an image. Here is how that's going to look lived out in your life every day. He uses a symbol of fruit coming exactly. off of a tree. The fruits of the Holy Spirit working in your life. And again, it sounds like we sometimes talk out of both sides of our neck whenever we say, yes, you can't. It's not a it's not a list of, of of do's, but it also there is some intentionality to it. Absolutely, and so it's almost like two like all right, how can I be intentional but not like make a list out of it? Well, that, that's welcome great. to grace, right? Right, welcome <laughs> to grace, and and we understand that okay, it's not a to do list, but the list does let us know if we're going in the right direction, exactly. right? And we're yielding to the Holy Spirit. And if he's really working, now we have something to measure by. Exactly. We're going to read um, from Galatians those verses. I'm going to start a little ahead so you kind of get the, the whole picture. So it's going to take me just a moment to read it all. I'm going to read Galatians 5, 13 through 26. I use the ESV. So those who want to know, that's what I use. For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if, if you bite and devour one another, watch out that mm -hmm. you are not consumed by one another. Mm -hmm. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other. Mm -hmm. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual, so these are the works of the flesh. Right. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, Man, I mean, I can't not like Kentucky. I mean, <laughs> sorry, it's basketball rivalries. Yeah, yeah. Rivalries. Sorry. <laughs> dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. So it's not an all-encompassing list. It's like literally. Yeah, and saying, I think it's important because like we said it about fruits. It's also the same about the, the acts of the flesh, right? Exactly. It's not like a checklist of, oh, sexual immorality. That's a broad category. Exactly. There's a lot of things that yep. can fit underneath there, right? Exactly right. Um, and he says, and things like these, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. But the fruit of the Spirit, and this is the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against each thing, these are, is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Love that. Mm -hmm. Let us not become conceited, pr provoking one another, envying one another. Right. So good. It is. It's, it's tight, too, on some level, you know, because it gives you two lists on some level and to measure your life by. And so you need to... And, Again, it's not they're not all encompassing. Right. And at the same time, they're, you're not trying to check off, but there are some inherent uh, intentionality to it. And it, there's nothing wrong with looking at your life and measuring it to those two lists. Right. That's an okay thing. That's just you going, you know, where do I stand? I, th I think the whole idea of measuring is really key here um, be because we, 
we we still battle the flesh. Hundred percent. Yes. And if you're not careful, you can you can bring about a, a sense of guilt that every time I've sinned, oh my goodness, now I'm not going to inherit the kingdom of God, right? Yeah, right. Had, did I just lose my salvation? Yeah. And that is not what Scripture is teaching here. Of course, we got to take the totality of the New Testament teachings, and we yeah. find out you're not losing your salvation every time you slip and you fall down, right? That's not what we're talking about here. It's not what Paul is trying to say. These these two categories, the flesh. And the spirit, he is showing this division between who or what is controlling the individual. Right. If you're living habitually under these fruits of of the spirit, he's saying that brings us a lot of confidence to say, "Hey, I'm I'm a believer. I'm not perfect, but I'm a believer." And this is what's trying to you know what I'm trying to live under and let the Holy Spirit control my life. It's just the same as. There's a lot of folks that profess Christianity, but they live continually, habitually under the flesh. Right. And eventually you have to make a decision. Okay, are you a true believer or not? This is this is pretty deep. Yeah. Why why is one of what is one possible reason that Paul would call these fruit, right? It's because here you've got someone say professing to be a follower of God. And yet their lifestyle shows no evidence of the spirit right. working. It's all flesh. Eventually, you've got to come to a conclusion. Is this person a true believer or not? But same way with our in our own selves, right? We're measuring. Right. We're looking at ourselves. Okay, I love the Lord, but I'm not perfect. Am I striving, though, to be led by the Holy Spirit of God? Uh, I think about that old analogy. If someone says this fruit tree over here is yeah. an apple tree, but every time you go to it, it only bears lemons. That's right. Eventually, you've got to make a conclusion. It's a lemon That's tree. That's not an apple tree, <laughs> right? And, right? And so Paul here is making a good distinction for us to look at our lives. Here's where, as a believer, we can gain a lot of confidence. Yeah. But also not be, not be discouraged by someone with a false testimony. And it's not being judgmental. That's right. This is about observation. Right. Observing the fruit that we're bearing. Jesus shares, um, there's a moment where in G- recorded in the gospels that I've never seen it used as far as the fruit of the spirit goes. And I'm, I know it can be used for a lot of different uh, analogies, but that, that, that scene in the Bible where he looks across and he sees a tree and he goes towards mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. right? Fig tree, yeah. And it's, and it, and he's looking for a fruit on it. When he gets right. there though, he doesn't see anything. So that's, right. so that's a lot of Christians out there or Christians who people who profess a faith, kind of what he was hitting on from a distance, they look like they produce a lot of fruit. Because mm-hmm. on the surface, surface level, they may indeed look the part, sound the right. part, walk the part, and they do a lot of things that all Christians do, right? Right. But then under further inspection, Jesus finds out about that tree that it really wasn't producing any fruit whatsoever. Right. And so that's is that that's what this list to me is looking at. It's like when mm. you really look at yourself, or if you allow God to look you over, does he see fruit? Is there real fruit there? Is it, or is it just surface level? Just because you go to church, just because you read your Bible, just because you give, none of those things are, are necessarily producing fruit in your life. Now you can become religious. Yes. And you can learn how to do church. You can learn to talk Christianese. Yep. You can look like, act like, talk like yep. what you perceive to be a Christian and not be a Christian. Exactly. And really, that's kind of the context of Galatians as a whole, right? As you mentioned earlier, the first four chapters, Paul is trying to help these 
coming out of Judaism, coming over to Christianity to understand they're no longer bound by the law. They, they get to live free, right? Right. So if you're living by the law, you're living by a set of rules. Right. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. Let me show you the difference of someone who is truly following Christ, truly being led by the Holy Spirit, and now he gives us this incredible imagery here. Yep. Someone who's not a true follower of Christ, not being led by the Holy Spirit. Here's what their life's going to look like. They're being led by their flesh. Someone who has truly surrendered to Christ, here's what a life yielded to the Spirit looks like. And there is such stark differences. And what he's doing is he's showing us that salvation is in Christ alone, not in our works. Right. But if we truly have faith, as James would say, works will follow our faith. And how do we make that distinction through the fruits that we see born? Because Paul makes that point early on. He's like, you have freedom, but just because you have freedom mm-hmm. doesn't mean you get to run around wild. Yeah. He's like, look, there are checks and balances to this whole thing. Right. Like, yes, you are free, but you're not free to be to be overtly sexual. You're not free to be to be a drunk. You're not free to do all right. of these things. You you should not display those acts. So that right. you should be acting. You're free from those. Exactly. So, you're not bound to that anymore. Exactly. You're not free to go do. You're not bound to that anymore. Exactly. And to me, that's that's powerful. And I think we, if we define the word fruit in Greek, it's karpos. And it's a cool word because it has a whole lot of, it has an immenseness to it when you read the the, the, uh, the definition. Because what's really interesting about that word is it carries with it the concept that fruit is produced by deed or action. Uh, in other words, it doesn't come from nowhere. It's cultivated over time. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, it's not like, uh, mm. It's not like you all of a sudden you become a Christian and all, you start bearing all of those fruits in your life. Mm-hmm. And don't get frustrated because your your flesh does take over sometimes because it right. will happen. It happens to me, probably him, not sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're all <laughs> and, human. Uh, we're all human. So you're, those fruits of the flesh will sometimes try to take over your your tree. Mm-hmm. And there's, and that's normal. That's called that's just being a human. Uh, but, and, but the fruit of the spirits, they should come in. They, they should begin to cluster as you walk in the Lord, walk in mm-hmm. faith, study mm-hmm. the Lord, sit under good teaching, and do all the you know, and just and just walk your faith out. And as you walk that faith out with diligence, uh, that fruit clusters of, of the spirit will begin to drown out the flesh, mm-hmm. and it'll just take over your tree. Right, right. And one of the things I love about Paul giving us a list, though we're not to check off the list, exactly. Right. Is he's given us this image, this picture of if we're led by the Holy Spirit. Here's the change. Here's the transformation. Right? I, I spoke about the transformation in this last weekend's message on the Holy Spirit in the life of a disciple. The transformation that the Holy Spirit should make in our lives, right? And so he gives the list, right? Goodness, you read it a moment ago, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, meekness. You can go to other writers in the New Testament and find that backed up as well, that whole idea, right? Right. The Apostle Paul didn't just write that to the church in Galatia. He also wrote it to the one in Colossians. Yep. Right? In Colossians chapter 3, Paul says this, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on. Now here's an action for us, right? Right. Now we have a go of being led by the Holy Spirit and trying to yield and surrender the Holy Spirit. Now we put something on through the power of the Spirit. Put on compassion. Put on kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. There's some of the same yeah. yep. characteristics that he listed in Galatians 5. 
bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, and this is tough, you also forgive them. And above all, put on love. It's the perfect bond of unity. And then let the peace of Christ in which you were called rule your hearts and be thankful. There's a key word in there, the whole, through that entire thing you read, even towards the end, it said the same thing. I'm trying to remember what it means in Greek. I don't remember the exact word. It's put on. Put on, yeah. All right. And, it's, and I think if I remember right, it, it denotes like putting on an outer cloak, right? It put, mm-hmm. Putting on a coat right. in our right. case, right? Right. So it's, you take a jacket it's, it's and, it, and, it, on a and it wraps you up. Right. And it consumes you, literally. And so that's, that's what I love that, what put on is you got to put it on. So it's and, and how do there. we do that in a battle with our flesh? Only by yielding to the Holy Spirit, praying, filling our heart and our mind with Scripture, surrounding ourselves with the right voices, yielding ourselves daily to the Holy Spirit, putting this on. God, this is my go. I'm going to put on a life following the Spirit. And then Peter kind of adds on to that himself out of 2 Peter 1, Mm. and it is all the way down (laughs) in... It's technically, if you want to read the whole thing, it's chapter 1 through 18, 1 yeah. through 18, but we'll skip down a little bit. And he's talking to Christians. He opens up right. talking, I am talking to you Christians, right. all right? This is not, these aren't things you do as a non-Christian to become a Christian. If you are a Christian, he's literally writing to the church, and he says this is uh, this is aspect of it. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, mm-hmm. and virtue with knowledge, mm-hmm. and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There it is. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, (laughs) having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be... All the more diligent, or is that put on, diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Never fall. Never fall. Wow. And that's a powerful one, too. That's powerful. Yep. He's telling us exactly how to finish our race well. Exactly. To finish our race well for Christ, we have to intentionally put on. Yep. The fruits of the Holy Spirit, right? That's right. And what does that mean? I'm not checking off a list. I'm surrendering my life daily to the Holy Spirit. I'm letting the Holy Spirit work himself through me. I am conscious of what that looks like. He's yep. given us plenty of illustrations. Yep. Yeah. Paul, to the Jews, called them fruits because they think in imagery. Peter here, who is a Gentile, who is a, an apostle to Gentiles, right? Right. He says unfruitful in the knowledge of Christ, but he doesn't start the list off no. with fruit, but he's mentioning some of the very ones that yep. Paul did, as well as adding just in that broad category, brotherly affection, and he separates that from love, from right. agape. He right? does. He's showing that it's compassion, it's forgiving one another, it's building up your brother, it's being our brother's keeper, our sister's keeper, and then loving unconditionally the way God does. So he is showing us the big picture of the change the Holy Spirit makes in the life of a believer, and that is the goal we should be chasing. And if we're chasing that, we're going to grow in spiritual maturity, and that's what strengthens us not to fall. Now, let me say this. He says never stumble. That is not saying 
we will never sin. That's right. One of the best definitions I ever heard about a saint is this. A saint is someone who never falls down. A saint is someone who, when they fall down, knows how to get right back up. That's right. And we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us, 1 John 1, 9, and we keep moving forward. That's right. But we're not going to slide back on God. We're not going to walk away from our faith. We're not going to become apathetic in our faith if we are intentionally pursuing a life yielded to the Holy Spirit. And I think what we've seen, just based off all the different scriptures that we have read from different writers to different audiences, that that list isn't like some finite li- some Mm-mm. some finite list that did you check off. It is literally a, 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 a an infinite list. The uh, and so I know there's people out there that want to. We're not going to get into it at all. But there are differences of opinion on how many fruits of the spirit there are, fruit of the spirit there are, and it really it really doesn't matter. Right. In the end, if you read the entirety of what we just went through, just going through those simple, literally like three examples that list is, is enough for any of us to try to measure up to. And uh, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't really, if it could be 25, 40, 60, as far as I know, it's just like these, these multiply on top of one another because a Christian life is more than a list. It is. It's way more than a list. It's way more than, than you trying to live according to a certain code or a certain eth, uh, you know, ethic. It's way more than that. It is, it's a life, it's a life in Christ and him in you and mm-hmm. that changing of you and as he changes you, these things, yes, there is some intentionality to it, but at the same time, that fruit just begins to grow because of not not because of who you are, but because whose you are. Oh, and see, I love that piece right there. It's not about who you are. It's about whose you are. And what is the goal of the Christian, right? If a disciple's go, and this is the Jewish mindset, a disciple's go is to become the shadow of their rabbi. Yeah. Our goal is for the world through our actions to see who? To see Christ. Not us. That's right. To see Christ. Now go back to all those characteristics, fruits yep. that we've read today, right? Love, joy, peace, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, in self-control. Add some of them that Colossians adds, right? Bearing with one another forgiving one another, brotherly affection. Go back to Peter that we just read, yeah. these supplemental pieces we need to add to our faith, endurance, right? And then he lists all the others that Paul had mentioned. If you just take those characteristics, put them off to the side, and you, and you ask yourself the question, who does that look like? Yeah, exactly right. It draws a, it draws a picture. Who is that? Who are all those characteristics embodied? One person and one person only. Only one. (laughs) Exactly right. And that's who Paul and Peter are telling us as Christians. Our go is to be transformed into his image, not our image. They're all a picture of God. They are. That's how the world wants to see God. That's how we would describe God if we describe the character of God. And that should be our go as Christians to be yielded to the Holy Spirit so that the world sees the character of God living in us. Amen. Well, really, I think if you uh, could take, hope you enjoyed this podcast and you can learn a little bit about the fruit of the Spirit from what we've talked about over the last few minutes. And our hope and our goal for you is literally to live a life fulfilled and to live a life on point. We'll see you next time.